Hi, I'm Michelle Ward. As a mom, I've looked my children in the eyes with love and hoped I can lead them toward a bright, wonderful future. But as a neurocriminologist who's been studying violent crime for the last 20 years, I've also quietly hoped that at the very least, I'm not raising a future serial killer. And if you can relate to that taboo thought, congratulations, you've just found your new favorite podcast. This is How Not to Raise a Serial Killer. This is part two of a two-part episode, so please do yourself a favor and listen to part one before diving into this one, because it'll make a lot more sense, I promise. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Okay, what do you do after your kid gets a head injury? First of all, my friend Amy was over the other day, and I am obsessed with her two children. She was my neighbor before you were my neighbor at the other place I lived in, and she's with these darling kids, darling like yours. And they're movers. My kids aren't movers. These kids are movers. They're super smart. They're super active. And they're some of my favorite children just because they're they're just fun. They're not boring kids. They're fun to watch. But they they hurt themselves often because of how much they move. She is one of the most attentive, patient. Like, I, I was afraid she could hear me yelling at my kids next door because, and I, I don't think she's ever yelled at her children. She's an incredible mom. She, uh, her son hit his head so hard, and she said to me, Michelle, I remembered what you said, and I felt a little bit better. And he was in the ER. Like, they got did brain scans and everything. He hit his head so hard that you could hear it from far away. It made a crunching noise. And <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. Lost five more listeners. Okay, but this is something that a nurse told me. And this nurse actually just passed away, which is another Britowner. This is a really depressing. Skip this episode. When your kid hits his head or her head and gets that goose egg, that's yeah. actually a good sign because the swelling's coming out. Oh, good, good, good. Rather than swelling going in. My son's had that. Okay. So goose eggs are actually, you should still have them checked out. But it's kind of just at home when you're going to the doctor, you feel a little bit better. Like, okay, that swelling doesn't mean it's worse. It actually means at least the swelling's going out. Mm. In this case, she thought the swelling had gone in because she couldn't see the bump. But it turns out the way he hit between two stones, the swelling was going out. But the the, because of the, the way he hit, it looked like it wasn't. So... Um, anyway, so that's good to know. And I didn't do that for my research. A nurse told me that and I looked it up and it was right. So once it happens, your kid has head injury, there are a few things that you can do just preventatively. And this is not just for kids. If you have an adult child, if you yourself had a head injury, we should talk about some stuff that you can do. This has huge implications for criminals that we could be doing things for, but we're going to do that in a different episode because we can't be all here all day. Meds and Mets. Medications and meditations. And I'm no uh, hippy-dippy. If I get hit by a car, do not rub sage over my body or ashes on my forehead. Take me to the ER. I was not one to believe in yoga, meditation. But guess what? Meditating helps. We're going to get to it, but it can actually change your freaking brain function and structure, which is really hard for me to swallow, but I have to say because it's freaking true. Are you true. saying pre-injury, just like a person who meditates, or it meditating helps you no matter what, all the time. It increases the the good parts of your brain. It can, well, we're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. First, we're gonna talk about what you do right away if you see the personality changes right away. This could be anytime, anybody. I wouldn't do this as my first route, but this is what works quickly: medication. Stimulants and antipsychotics show tremendous improvement in reducing aggression. So if you do end up with, you're thinking about so-and-so, your brother-in-law who's hit his head twice, super aggressive, try to get them on on meds um, if these other things don't work. I just want to 
like lead with that because it can reduce it by huge percentages. And there is an easy fix if you have somebody who's becoming aggressive. Oftentimes, the personality changes are not that extreme, but that's there for you if it is, okay? Um, mood stabilizers and antidepressants work too, but not to the, so they don't have the same um, rate of effectiveness. It's not as efficacious, but they work too. All of these work better than CBT, cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy, which was mm -hmm. the standard of care. So if you're not ready for putting someone you know on meds, and, you know, those meds are no joke. You know, antidepressants are no big deal, but antipsychotics, mood stabilizers, they have other side effects. I would certainly do it if somebody in my family or, you know, burrows me, but I'd try this first. Meditation has been shown to change your brain permanently. There's a study at the University of Wisconsin, and in just eight weeks, which is nothing in the land of meditation, they can measure enhanced left frontal EEG. So that area that is supposed to be stopping the impulses and stopping you from being aggressive, you can change it even if it's damaged. You can work on it. I mean, that's huge. Like neuroplasticity, there's so much that meditation can do. Um, this has been seen in formal imaging as well. So like stick them back in the PET scan, you'll see increased activity in those areas, not just with measuring their EEGs, which are waves. Mm -hmm. uh, regular meditators, people who do it on their own, do not have to have a head injury to get into meditation. We should all be doing it. Have greater activation in brain regions involved in intention and inhibition. So what you can see, if you do this meditation on anybody, but imagine if you have brain damage, you see increased density of cortical gray matter. Enhanced areas include parts of the brain responsible for moral decision-making. So even if your inhibition, this part of your brain is damaged and you're not getting you know, great changes, you can actually reduce aggression by enhancing the other parts of your brain responsible for it. The hippocampus, which is responsible for learning, memory, aggression, that had enhanced, that had improvement. So you can actually reduce some of your impulses that way. Plus, some studies have showed that increased cortical thickness in the prefrontal cortex compared to controls who weren't meditating. It literally remodels your brain. That is such good news. Like we used to think, oh, your brain stops developing at this age. There's nothing you can do but damage it. This is incredible news. And it's not, we, sh we all should be doing it. I took the course. I did it. I did it with my ex-husband. We did it together because we're that couple. And, um, it was incredible. I felt such a difference, but I couldn't commit to the 20 minutes twice a day, which is really bad. I'm a freaking like failed meditator. But children are really, there's schools now who do it. The guy, um, Teo Burkhart, who trained me said, bring your kids in. I'll train them for free. Uh, the only thing I need is a piece of artwork because it's that important to get kids to meditate. Even their kids who have not injured themselves. It's just an important thing to do. Um, if you can get your kids to meditate for just a few minutes every day, you'll see them do better in school. You'll see their hyperactivity reduce. You'll see any conduct disorder you might have will reduce. It's really a good thing to do that I don't do. No, I, I don't meditate either. Mm -hmm. In fact, I woke up this morning and I was like, you know, I should start meditating <laughs> in the morning. But I went to cycling class instead, and I convinced myself that was my meditation. Well, and that's not that's not bad for you. That's, that's not you bad. Know. I mean, it's good in other ways. But I hear yeah. you. I feel like there's just overwhelming evidence yeah. about yeah. meditation. I always thought, okay, meditation works because it just calms you down. It just makes you feel better. You've stopped being crazy for the day. I didn't until I really started digging into like, okay, if I'm going to study how head trauma can lead to violent murderers yeah. like Antonio Bustamante, 
And if I'm going to talk about what we can do about it, we need to dive in. I need to know, like, mechanically, what does it do? It's not just because you become a peaceful person because now you're a hippie. You literally are fixing your brain. I personally don't know how to do it, but there are people who specialize in it. And there's programs and apps that are geared toward the kid that the kid doesn't know they're meditating. And that's the key is tricking them. You'll learn. Yeah. You're a master manipulator when you're a parent. You know, it's like, it's, it's. <laughs> Mine's wearing off though. You're, well, because he's, he's, he's now, older. he's older. He's like a human yeah, There's now. like still water. Yeah. We, that's the one that we have listened to a couple of times. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a little anxious. I have a, somebody who's running a little anxious and you kind of repeat like, my loved ones are safe. Mm-hmm. My loved ones are are happy. My loved ones are free from harm. And then you kind of like repeat that a few times. And calm them. And then I would say too, I think that they're more open to participating in those activities at school. And it's so funny, like I remember I once went to like a live DJ yoga class with Oliver at five years old and he knew every pose. He, we were like at the front. There were hundreds of people there. He knew every single pose. People were pointing and like, wow. And I was like, what, is, what are you doing? Yoga. And he's like, oh, we do this in school. We've been doing good yoga in for school. his school. And it's since preschool. So good for them. There are people who specialize in how to do it for kids. Yeah. Like just to ease your mind. It's not, and don't, I ain't that person. Like it's not me. I want, I'm going to go look it up and practice what I preach. But yeah, there are ways to do it. But I think they're more likely in a group setting or around peers. And I do go to a hippy-dippy school, or he does. So, But I don't think it's limited there. Mm-hmm. I think social-emotional learning and regulating, self-regulation and understanding um, is becoming a bit more mainstream. Mm-hmm. That was one of my fears. I think I talked to you about when we first did this. I'm like, moms don't need more things to feel bad about to feel like shit about, guilty about, don't do enough about. That's why I'm just like, everyone, I am the one person who should be doing this and I don't do it because I just have too much. I have too much. But for those of you who are organized and, you know, maybe have an opportunity, it certainly could help your perfectly behaved children and it can help your not perfectly behaved children and it can help anybody. There are very few things that help brain injuries and this is it. You know, other right. than medication, this yeah. is it. And I don't know if this is important. I practice Vedic meditation on the rare opportunity that I do. But this, these studies I mentioned are mindfulness meditation. I don't know if that matters. I don't know. It's something to look up if you're interested. I imagine it doesn't. Um, one thing that mindfulness has is that it can you can focus your thoughts to empathy, caregiving, and gratitude. Um and you can kind of, with Vedic, you kind of think about nothing, but there might be something to that, to, to where you focus your thinking. Yeah. You know, and and because it activates those parts of your brain. I'm glad you're saying that mothers have a lot to think mm-hmm. about and a lot to worry about. But I think practically speaking, like, we do not have to have an organized pantry or stack our Oreos like Khloe Kardashian. I think that is so ridiculous. <laughs> She's next her Oreos? Yes. I'll Isn't send she it too to busy you. for that? Well, I mean, she's not stacking her own Oreos, oh. but the inside of our drawers mm. and our garage and our pantry, do not put that shit on women. I, mm-hmm. We don't have to be organized there. And when you were talking about meditating, I would just have to stop scrolling on Instagram for 10 minutes to make yeah. that part of my life. That's an excellent point where we put our time. 
yeah. So don't stack Oreos. Maybe scroll a little less or... Yeah, that's an excellent point. It goes back to like these standards that women are held to that even behind our bathroom door, we have to be perfect. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So I would say the challenge is maybe there's something in your life that you can let go of. Give up. Instagram. I'm like, I don't do Instagram. Instagram does me. I don't have... My thumb just goes there. Also, it doesn't have to be just moms doing this freaking meditation. Schools, pediatricians, playgroups, playdate. Okay, kids, we're having a playdate. First thing we're doing, you guys are quietly meditating. Well, I... Go on Instagram. You know, I mean, there's things that was places we can work it in. Dad. Da- yeah, I was just going to say, let's be inclusive of dad. Uh, get the yeah. men in our lives also doing it. Because they could use it too. A little bit. I have a friend who has her son meditate for 10 minutes before he's allowed screen time. So, Michelle. So smart. That's a motivator, right? I think. But does it offset the benefit or do you think that it— I don't think it—look, I I don't know any studies on that, but I think any meditation at any point is better than no meditation at any point. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's better to do it the first thing when they wake up or right before they go to bed. I'm sure there's times where it's, it's more effective, but if it's that versus nothing, I'd say do it. My Uncle John has always been like a dad to me. He's the absolute best. He did not have kids of his own, so he treats all of his nieces and nephews like they're his kids. And he is a hoot. He's always telling us funny stories about his youth. And every time I hear a new one, I'm like, okay, I need to write that down. And then I never write it down. And that happens to me wondering, how many stories am I missing? So that's why for Father's Day, I plan to get Uncle John story worth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones connect through sharing stories and memories, and then it preserves them for years to come. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one one thought-provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought of before, like, what was your childhood bedroom like? Or, what's the best job you ever had? I know that I would really enjoy reading my uncle's answers to those questions and discovering stories and memories that I haven't heard about or don't remember. The other day, he was telling my children how when he came to school from Denmark, his English wasn't great, but neither was his mom's, and he was getting D's and F's. And she asked him, what are these D's and F's? What does it mean? He said, D's and F? It means doing fine. I have never laughed so hard. And I'm like, okay, I knew I'd heard that story before, but I don't remember it. This is why this is going to be the perfect gift for Uncle John. And after one year, StoryWorth compiles all these questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. I know I need that because some of these stories, my kids won't be old enough for a little bit, so it'll be nice to have it in a book that I can show them later. And with Father's Day coming up, this would make a very thoughtful gift for all of the father figures in your life. Give all the father figures in your life a meaningful gift you can both cherish for years to come. StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you can save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash how not. That is S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash how not to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash how not. (laughs) 
there are so many anecdotal examples of no juice for your kid, you get the juice monster. We, I had carob chips, okay? Like Ew. my mom was shopping at health food stores before they my were mom. in vogue. And, and I think it's because she didn't grow up in this country. And so like her view of nutrition was a certain way. However, first day in college, I went to the line of sugar cereal and I was like, with the lever. I'm like, Cocoa Krispies, what do you taste like? Hello, Fruity Pebbles, never tasted you. And I went off. And I went off the rails. You did a mix. So (laughs) they taste horrible together. (laughs) No, I did not mix them. I just like one, yeah, one meal, one bowl. Fruit Loops and Cocoa Puffs would be nasty. But I get it. It's like if you tell somebody, if you tell a child they can't do anything at all. My son said to me the other day, he's such, he's like, he's the easy kid, but he said, you know, I am the only one in my class without an Xbox or PlayStation. It's okay, mom. I mean, I know that sometimes money can be tight. I'm like, okay, I'm going. It was his birthday. So I'm like, made sure he had it. But there is like the dork factor too. You don't want to let your kids watch anything because other kids are doing it, but you also don't want them to be the only one who has no pop culture reference. I have a cousin like that. No TV. No TV. Actually, my ex-husband didn't have TV either. Well, we, okay, we had a TV, we didn't have cable, so I I didn't really grow up on TV or movies, but my cousin didn't have any exposure to television. They didn't have one at their house. And he got kicked out of high school. For watching too much TV? (laughs) No, he's like an AV lab. No, no, he he got kicked out of high school for having sex with his girlfriend on campus. Do you hear that? If you don't let your kids watch TV, they will have sex on campus. On campus and get kicked out of their prestigious school. Ooh, not getting back in that one. Mm-mm. Well, and it's true. Then there is something to say about the idle hands of a child, like a teenager. I mean, they they run off together and do things and have sex and smoke things and when there's nothing else, else to do. But all that stuff is down because they're just doing it on their phone. I know. And they don't know how to talk to each other anymore. Have you guys ever listened to teenagers talk to each other on the phone? That was all I did. <laughs> That's all I did. That's why, that's why my we mom, talk. My mom would come in to my room. I would be on my Swatch phone. You're so spoiled. I I d- was not always spoiled. And the benefit of the phone is that the receiver you could pick up and it was another phone. So if you had a friend over, you could have someone <gasps> silently listening. Wow. So you could like call a boy together. Like, Do you like Samantha? Samantha's right there. Totally. We did that on the double line. I didn't have that right. Swatch phone. But my mom would come in and she would yank it out of the wall. Like she wouldn't even click the little plastic oh, thing. She just and then it comes the out too easily afterward because it yeah. rips off. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I mean, there's so much thing. We do podcasts on this all day, right? About like, the we, I signed the wait until eighth petition. Right, right. But then you have to have 10 people from your grade sign it. And, and then they tell you everyone who signed it. And like, evidently I was one of 10 or fewer or nine or fewer because no one else signed it. Like, I want... It's a virginity pledge. Just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> you wait till your eighth grade before you have sex. No, no. Before you get a smartphone. I'm sorry. That was really unclear. Okay. Maybe this should go on a parenting podcast. My mom did something that made me keep my virginity for an obscenely long time that I'm embarrassed to admit on the podcast. I'm good at this topic. I'm going to lean forward. Got a lot of mom stories. Let's just say I was in my 20s, which most of my friends were 14, 15. And what she said to me, I don't know if this is anecdotal, if it works. My mom was borderline. So my mom did a lot of crazy things. I was very loved, but she could be nuts. But she said to me something along the lines of, they're not all worth it. And she's like, it's unfair because you. I want you to have a great sex life. I want you to enjoy sex and have fun when you're older. And I am by no means saying that you should only have sex with your husband because I don't want you to only have sex with your husband. But she's like, you're going to be faced with choices so much younger than you expect to be. And they're not all worth it. And 
even though it's unfair that they get to do it with however many people they want to, it, it's different for a girl whether you want it to be or not. Biologically, it's different because you're. we'd love it if everyone can get pregnant, but only the girl can. Mm-hmm. And she said no matter how progressive Los Angeles is, the boy still wants the newest, most unique bike to ride, not the town bike. And something like that. Like She just was like, I'm sorry that's the reality, but it is. And she's like, they're not all worth it. And when you find somebody you really, really, really love, you want to be able... You don't want him hearing that everyone got to love you too. I don't know if I agree with this. I don't think I would say this There's to Charlotte. There's some good stuff There's there. some good stuff, but I, don't, I wouldn't want the shame to go along with no. that. I don't know if I would say this. I don't think it's great from a psychological perspective, um, but it made me evaluate everybody I hooked up with and maybe like, do I want to give all of myself, not for my future boyfriend, I don't give a shit about that, but will I feel okay? What I like about what your mom said was the reality, which mm-hmm. is it's unfair. It's unfair. And it might not be worth it. That's essentially what she's saying. She's just like, there's... if you think back to teen and early 20 sex, like, it's not that worth no, it. No. <laughs> well, it's not like you're, like, achieving, no. you know, this fantastic physical experience right. on the female side. The bike thing was pretty scary. Well, yeah. she didn't... That was me paraphrasing, <laughs> by the way. The I town think, bike. I don't think she town. said town bike. No. She did, I think she said something like, you always want, like... The new toy, not the toy everybody right. had. Like she said yeah, something. Yeah. I think I might have said so I, I think it's bike. great. I mean, I like the directness. So my mom did not grow up in this country. And I think I was nine when she told me, there is such a thing as sexual incompatibility. Do not save yourself for a marriage. She said, you should have a few boyfriends prior. I remembered it because you know, it had breakthrough, right? And then I was like making out with my high school boyfriend and she came home and, you know, we didn't, we weren't in the living room. And the next day she picked me up from school and I was like, oh, where are we going? She's like, we're going to the doctor. And she took me to OB and put me on birth control that very next day. And I was 16 years old and I was a virgin, but she was like proactive about it. And she also said, if you ever get pregnant, you tell me, I will help you. Do not keep it a secret from me. Do not do anything behind my back. Good. Good. It's so Good progressive, right? Mm-hmm. Like from for the 90s. And um, and I will tell you this, it did not encourage me to be more promiscuous. Ah, interesting. You didn't feel like, okay, now I'm clear. I can do this. Yeah. Your mom protecting you with, with, with safety didn't change your decision making. You know, if I didn't have a serious boyfriend in high school, I don't know. I think I would have done it in high school if I would have been like, okay, this is the one who makes sense. I am safe. And I also have friends who like weren't in love. They were like, I want to get this over with. Mm-hmm. And they met with someone and he wanted to get it over with too. And they did it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. But she also was describing something. I don't think she knows about it. But there are hormones that happen after sex that make you feel attached. Yeah. And oxytocin, vasopressin, right. and... What she said, which she didn't, I don't know if she knew it, but she's like, sometimes you feel funny afterward. And I, you know, do you want, you might feel bad afterward or feel attached afterward. And that's what she was talking about. She didn't know she was talking about that. And that is something I think it's important to weigh for anybody. I mean, I think this generation is probably more sex positive Mm -hmm. and more in touch with their emotions. They're not tied to traditional tropes, but then they also have like the headwinds of things that we didn't experience, like right. social, social media. media and a phone. Right. I didn't. I just now put parental controls on Soren's iPad because I realized, because sister's ta- asking me lots of questions about sex. 
if he types in sex into his iPad, guess what's going to pop up? Pornography. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. want him to learn about it. I mean, he just turned eight last week, but... But, you know, average age, I think my kids are Charlotte's asking me, like, I know you had sex to make me and I know you had sex to make Soren. But do people do do people do sex? Do people do sex outside of wanting a baby? And I'm like, yes, have her watch The Simpsons. That's how (laughs) (laughs) not have her, but show her The Simpsons. My son was watching The Simpsons, which, you know, I shouldn't have, you know, whatever I shouldn't have done. Is that bad? Well, it's a little, you know, it's adult humor. It's a little inappropriate. Marge and Homer have sex all the time. Oh. And I didn't know that. I was worried about the inappropriate humor. I didn't realize that. So then my son was like, okay, I know what it is. And I was like, what is it? He's like, it's cuddling in a bed with your clothes off. And I was like, where did you learn that? The Simpsons. It's close enough. I was like, yeah, I was like, yep, but yeah, special hug. Yeah, Yeah, special hug. Well, and I I wanted to be honest with Charlotte because I'm like, I don't want her to ever feel shame about sex because sex is great. And it's something that is part of life. And I remember being like, oh, that girl had sex. And like, I changed my view of girls and I never want, that was so stupid. It's so wrong. I mean, sex is, it's mental health. You have better mental health if you're having sex. When I want her to know that, like, it's something that you can prioritize. It's not a secret. You can talk about it. And I did tell her because then she's asking me some questions like, when was your first and do you do it now? And I'm like, but you know who taught me what to, how to answer that was you. You're like, Oliver, I told you I would tell you the truth about everything and I will when it's age appropriate. So guess what I said? I said, Oliver, I, <laughs> no, I just said the same thing to her. And she's like, is that 14? My 13th birthday, 13 and a half, 12. Can I, 14, 14, can I have a drink of alcohol at 14? I mean, then the whole barrage of when I will bend my rules happened. But it's, I mean, I have no idea. Like I've listened to some of the podcasts about how to do it. And it's like, but that, my kid's not like that. My right. kid's not that kid. It's yeah. not a one size fits all approach. Right. And um, most of us moms, we hang out with the other moms who can admit flawed parenting. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to hang out with the perfect mom because then you just feel worse. Well, you need that friend, okay? Because then you need to know when soccer sign up is, and you don't, <laughs> you don't know, but they already know. Ooh. So then you're like, hey, is this coming up? And then they tell you. So you do need them. <laughs> You absolutely do. Um, totally. Will you give me your perfect friend? Right. So you need like a, a few. Yeah. But that accept you. And and then the few, few that make you, who make you feel better about yourself because they give their kids booze at age three. Like you need, a, you need both. You need both. So I will wrap this up so that you can, I haven't taken your entire day. Melita's a hardworking mom. So it's hard for me to ask these giant chunks of time and favors, but it, it really, it was fun to have you here. And It's fun to raise kids together with you. I'm Michelle Ward. This has been How Not to Raise a Serial Killer. See you next week. How Not to Raise a Serial Killer is a Cloud 10 media production. Executive produced by me, Dr. Michelle Ward, and Sim Sarna. Our editor is Emily Crane. Our music was created by Josh Cook, with artwork provided by Brian Stefanik. Follow us on Instagram at How Not to Raise a Serial Killer and on TikTok and Twitter at Hentrask. That's at H N T R A S K. And if you'd like to share a story or ask a question, you can email us at How Not to Raise a Serial Killer at gmail.com or call and leave a voicemail at 818 392 4403. If you like our show, do me a favor and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. After all, if more people know about the show, maybe fewer kids will turn into serial killers. Who knows? Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.